Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are here, coming to you live from an undisclosed location in Alpharetta, Georgia, for the third and final stop on the Least Likely Road Show. You're listening to the Least Likely Church Podcast, where three great friends talk about whatever they want, and occasionally that includes church and ministry. Today is a special day, as today will be the finale of season one, the first and potentially only season of the Least Likely Church Podcast. Uh, But we're going to go out with a bang. We have a very special guest here with us today, hailing from the one and only... What? Why are you interrupting my intro? didn't say anything. You made a hand signal. Because you said bang. I was making a gun. You can't do that. That's not loud. That's not even safe. Okay. They wouldn't it's even, not even loaded. Put it down. Put it down. Okay. I thought you were about gun control. I'm all about gun control. You know, I've made, it through, I have, control. I have made it through so many of these without you messing me up. And of course, on the very last one, you're ruining my streak. You're the worst. Where was I? I got it. Hang on. One, two, three. Hailing from the one and only bluegrass state of Kentucky. Before he made his name as a songwriter and worship leader, he made his living as a live model for the weekly painting class at the Mount Holly Nursing Home in Louisville, Kentucky. When he wasn't inspiring the elderly to paint his figure, Mm -hmm. he stayed in shape as a car hop at the local Sonic. He recently released a new album, which you're listening to. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. There it is. Right now. That's my favorite part of it. Whoa! I can't go up that high, because... Well, puberty and what it is. <laughs> That's all right. You can't, don't laugh into the mic until I say your name. You can't talk into the mic. So I'm not going to sing along. I'm going to sing a little bit. That's okay. Uh, he is one of the few people I follow on Instagram, though uh, we'll probably unfollow him after this podcast. Uh, he is Clay Finnison. Clay, how are you today? So good. So good. Thank you. What, what's your middle name? What an Clay? intro. Reed. Clay Reed? Clayton. Clayton. Yeah. Clayton. Ooh, Clayton. Yeah. Clayton. Is it Clayton or is it a hard T or is it soft T? I say, I say uh, you know, soft T. Soft T. Yeah. yeah. Soft Clayton. Tea. Clayton. All right. Clayton Reed. Finish in. But don't yell into the microphone. Sorry, man. We're clipping. We're starting strong. I'm laughing at your jokes prematurely. Well. Yeah. yeah. So. Great. Guest. All right. But hey, thanks for having me. Well, if you're going to go out with the bang, might as well go out with a bang. So we're excited to spend the last hours of our first season here at Least Likely discussing the current state of music and worship with our fine guest. But before we dig into this most excellent of topics, please let me welcome the finest co-host in all of the land. He is... I had to turn our music back on, so where am I at? He's one of the few people I hang out with that's, that's older than I am, by a lot. By a lot. By a lot. His parents live in a barn. They do. Uh, he's been known from time to time to wear a puka shell necklace. Oh, in the '90s, perhaps. That's time. That's a time. Yeah. That counts as a time from time to time. He is John Allen. John, it's good to be here. All right. I'm excited really? for the anchor leg. Mm, I don't know what that means. Is that a racing thing? It is. Yeah, I was into sports. I wasn't into track and field, so I don't know what anchor leg means. With us, as always, is our slushy drinking producer, keeping us on time and on topic. He's recently been approached by Taco Bell to receive a lifetime award for eating pretty much every piece of crap they've ever made. (laughs) He's my little sister's roommate, but they're only friends. He's got real problems with people that think they know where God is located, geographically speaking. He is Michael Lewis Conda. Conda, 
How are you today? I'm good. And Taco Bell, here's my address specifically. That it was obviously not real. Okay? <laughs> Nobody believes that. But everyone will believe that you've eaten every crappy thing they've ever made. I'm just someone who likes to experience everything that I can. You're a person that likes to experience diarrhea. So you hunker down at Taco Bell to experience everything you can? You know, when they release he's just something like, new. He's like, Lord, start. I'm too blessed. What can I do to write the scale? And he says, eat at Taco Bell and then deuce your brains out. And he's like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. Send me. Yes. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? All right, well, we are going to kick this off, as we haven't already, with a lightning round of get-to-know-you questions. So these are two choices that you're going to choose from one or the other. We are going to start with John Allen to Conda to Clayton to Dusty. Are we ready? Yes. We're ready. One, two, three, go. John Allen, big party or small gathering? Small gathering. Conda? Big party. Clayton? Small gathering. I'm also a small gathering person, but it doesn't surprise me that you're a big party kind of person. No. I like to bounce from circle to circle talking to everyone. I like to hide in the circle of like three people that I know and pretend mm. like nothing else is happening. Yeah, I was hoping for a third option, which was just, like just me and my wife. Just me, just me at home, nobody looking, nothing. All right, John Allen, ninjas or pirates? Ninjas. Conda? Pirates. Pirates. Uh, I'm pirates too. I just feel like it's the, the adornments, the accoutrement, if you will, of the pirate is a little more my style than the ninja, although I'm mostly only wear black. You can see a pirate coming from literally miles away. That's, that's how they strike fear into your heart. Yeah. Pirates have cannons. You're on the you know ocean, why ninja, man. You're not getting away from them. You know why ninjas sneak up on you? I think you can. Because they're cowards. That's right. <laughs> All right? You can tell them I said that, too. Because you probably throw don't tiny even little sharp stars. Oh, yeah. They think they're cool. From a distance. Absolutely Because they're hiding. You wow. can get out of here with that. Hundred percent cowards. Uh, John Allen, iced or hot? Hot. Conda, iced. Clay, iced. Iced too. That's that's Man, two in a happening? row where you're on your own. Um, All right, here we go. We have some musical choices. John Allen, Coldplay or U two? U two. Conda, Coldplay. Clay, Coldplay. U two. Even that one up, right. but that's probably an age gap thing. It might be. Uh, all right. Speaking of age gap. John Allen, Bieber or Timberlake? A Battle of the Justins. Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Conda. Bieber. Clay. Timberlake. I'm Timberlake, too. You're on your own with Bieber. Yeah. I will say, though, shaped. just before we move on, I know this is rapid-fire. Bieber is fantastic. Anybody who hates on him just because, I don't know about them. I don't know if they can be trusted. Agreed. I don't hate on him, but I don't listen I like to any of his music. on both sides. And I think he's the worst. <laughs> does that count? I don't think it does. No. Uh, okay, it's a country option. John Allen, Blake Shelton or Dan and Shay? Blake Shelton. Dan and Shay. Shelton. Yeah, I, I honestly could not sing you one one even melody from either of their songs, but I did watch The Voice. <laughs> I don't even know so who Dan and Shay are. Dan and Shay, it's the, song. It's the, couple, oh, it's the couple that sang on the Grammys and the guy sang with his fly down. I, I, don't, know, I don't know about anything yeah. you're talking about. That sounds like something I do regularly. <laughs> When you're leading worship. Yeah. Uh, okay, last one. Here we go. John Allen, Post Malone recently. or Drake? Do post, you? post Malone. Yeah. I, know. I know. I know. Post that. Malone. Post. Posty, all the way. We finally did it, guys. We landed. We agreed. We agreed <laughs> on something. I'm 100% pumped about that. I'm very, very excited that we all landed. All right, Clay. We are going to get right into a small game of If You Only Knew, and these are questions only for you. Hey, man, real quick, can we get back to just the fact that I led worship with my fly down multiple times? <laughs> you didn't sing Open Up the Heavens, did you? <laughs> no. Did you sing Pants Wide Open no. instead of Arms Wide Open? No, but one time I had khaki pants on and may or may not have... Peed your pants? Peed my pants a little bit. 
A little and bit? Just a little bit. How does that happen? I don't know, but it did. Commit and to it. It's because you won't commit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my, my problem. Is I have problems with commitment. Yeah. So all I did, I just had to lower my guitar, like, uncomfortably low. Yeah, but you might have made... Someone in the audience may have done the same thing, and and at that moment felt like they connected They're in a way they to never you. had before. You're a relatable leader in that moment. That's me. That's yeah. me, guys. Right. Exposing them. praise. Exposing them to Jesus. <laughs> Yes. Well, once I did a pants slide, I did a knee slide rather on a carpeted stage and ripped my pants from the knee all the way up to Main Street. Main Street. This was a time in my life where I was not married. (laughs) uh, So laundry was considered optional. And on this day specifically, there were no clean undergarments to be found. So not only did I rip a massive gaping hole in my pants, but I also did not realize it until I stood up from the knee slide, went up to the mic, and saw two young ladies aghast in horror. And then I felt the breeze. And then I ran. I ran and ran and put on my non-cool, non-show pants. Because that was the time when you wore, like, work clothes to a gig, and then you changed into, like, show clothes. Mm -hmm. So the ones I came back out in were dad jeans. I don't know if that's cool again, but it 100% was not cool then. And that is the night he met Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No. Okay. All right, Clay, these are going to be just for you. You two keep your trap shut unless you're invited in. You know the deal. Uh, Clay, you are very famous. No. That wasn't a question. Okay. Uh, secret talent. Mm, pretty good at ping pong. All right. A uh, person that made you want to play music. John Mayer. Oh, God. Hang on. I have to stop. I have to stop and take a break. First of all, I knew from one of those songs that we we're going to play on video later for people that are watch- listening to the podcast. We're going to upload some live songs of uh, Clay and I singing some of Clay's hits. Uh, but the... Um, Falling for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had a very King of California vibe to it. Queen. Queen, Queen of California. Yeah, see, that's just to let you know where see? I'm at with it. No, yeah, I remember pretty distinctly sitting on the couch. Uh, I don't know how old I was, eighth grade maybe. And I had been doing music before that, but then I saw the Where the Light Is documentary. That's a pretty good one. That's yeah. a, I like to watch live concerts, and the, the, yeah. that whole idea was cool. It was awesome. I remember watching that and being like, oh, that's what I want to do. He had a great band with him then. Yep. Uh, he had, like, uh, when Robbie was playing guitar with him, he had David Ryan Harris with mm-hmm. him on that. Both of those guys were very, very next level. Um, all right, childhood celebrity crush. Oh, uh, Allison Stoner. Uh, is that a person? Yeah. Who is that? She's the girl in Cheaper by the Dozen, the little brunette. Oh, it's Cheaper by the Dozen with Steve Martin and yeah, Renee yeah. Russo? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was she in anything else, or did you just have that on VHS? She was also in Camp Rock, which was another Disney Channel original movie. Camp Rock. That is something special. All right, uh, best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, my gosh. Got serious. We're we're threading the serious and the not serious. The best advice I've ever gotten. Best advice you've ever gotten. Uh, I mean, I could search for a while. I'll give... At least a piece of advice that I thought was extremely helpful okay. actually came from you. Oh, no. I know. I know. <laughs> That's... Uh, you basically told me uh, we were doing a tour earlier this year. I play worship music with a group called North Point Inside Out. Plug. And, yeah. And uh, we were down doing, doing a stop, I think, in New Bern. New Bern, North Carolina. Yep. The mango smoothie incident. I don't 
remember the mangoes. Uh, wait. I went to a coffee shop and I told the lady yes. to surprise me. She did with a mango smoothie. <laughs> yeah, it's the last time I've ever done that. Carry on. Carry I'd on. like some coffee. How about a mango smoothie? Yeah, but you uh, you told me, hey, whenever you're whenever you're on stage leading, you don't need to think about uh, whether or not you are supposed to be there or somebody else or somebody else because the group that I lead with is kind of like a collective. There's a bunch of different people. Um, but you told me whenever you're there, nobody knows that there's other people back at home. Nobody knows that the person playing drums is managing this thing. Nobody knows that the guitar player is the music director. So when you're leading, lead the room like you're supposed to be there because that's how you're going to end up loving people um, well is by treating them like they deserve you to be fully present and fully yourself. So. And you were great that night. You didn't need that advice. You were really good. But it was uh, good advice. How about the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Also from you. Yeah, I was going to say. You told did? me to go to a coffee shop and right. say, surprise me. <laughs> that's, that's fair. A uh, place we'd find you on an off day. Uh, Barnes & Noble. Those still exist? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thankfully. What? Thankfully. I didn't know. Yeah, I, well, and I recently just got into fishing because I live in Georgia now. Well, and you're friends with a, a, a person that I grew up playing music with, Brandon Coker. Yep. And that dude lives and loves to fish. Yeah, well, I'll have you know, I've spent at least 15 hours on the pond in my backyard. I have caught zero fish mm-hmm. to this day. So I'm not going to say that it's like... What a casual affluence right. drop. It's yeah. all, at my all own fishing, pond. no catching. <laughs> <laughs> I just clipped your mic. Yeah, well, it's because I'm, I do so well for myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, you're very famous. Um, I'm very famous, and I make so much money. I live in a garage apartment at a very kind person's house who uh, provides ministry housing. So, and, uh, yeah. So there it is. So and there's, they happen to have and a they lake. happen to be doing just right. fine. Okay. <laughs> so you are by association, then? I'm affluent by association. Right. No, and you know what? I think in general I would consider myself to be doing very, very well. There it is. Humble brag. Okay. okay. Um, it's, it's called gratitude. Oh, okay. Ooh. Is that what we're doing yeah. now? It's is a that leadership what? lesson. Oh, yeah. oh, hashtag leadership. Let me give you some leadership. really great advice if you don't mind. <laughs> All right. If you, yeah, best, best advice I've ever received. Thank you. I'm ready. Ready to receive it. Uh, if you could have lunch with anyone, past or present, who would it be? Not John Mayer. Please, for the love. No, no, no. Um, Brennan Manning. Who's that? He's an author, Christian author. He was also a, uh, like a priest, but he has a bunch of books and my, like my favorite book, uh, ever is one of his called Ragamuffin Gospel. Mm. I read it once a year. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Conda, what about you? J.K. Rowling. It, I don't think you're saying that right. Rowling? I believe it is. Rowling sounds cooler. It's someone told me it rhymes with bowling. Rowling? No. That, 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 did I say bowling? Did I say it rhymes with bowling? Anyway. She's what, English. What would you ask her? Uh, I don't know. Or would you just sit and weep in her lap and say thank you over and over again? <laughs> Probably more the second one. But, you know, I'm sure I'd, I'd find a question somewhere. Yeah. Like, could you wipe the tears from my face, please? <laughs> Could you hold me the way Harry held Dobby? Oh, that's not nice. Oh, Oh, all right. Uh, I love that book of hers, The Lord of the Rings. (laughs) It's great. It's one of my favorites. Did she write that? Yeah. It's a good one. It's great. Is that the one with Thanos? Yeah. Thanos from Lord of the Rings. I think Aslan is in that one. And Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney is in that. 
Yep. Now I know how you feel when you make 80s music references, and I always say the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, John Allen? Man, I like... I set aside all of my serious answers, and I think I'll just go with Chris Farley, because I think that would be incredible. Yeah, I think it probably... Mm. I think it would be terrifying. Yeah. But also amazing. Right. Because he seemed like a person that you would never see coming. Like, I mean, well, I mean not physically, you, I mean, but physically <laughs> you'd you see him miss coming. Him coming. Like, he'd either sit there quietly the whole time and ask you very intellectual questions, or he would just randomly have a can of spray paint in his pocket. Right. And you just not, you're not even sure why. He, he, might yeah, be the the reason I, he might be the reason I chose Ninjas. Okay. Our Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills Ninja. Ninja. I, I saw mean, it. Great movie. I and the spray it. paint? You don't know. Probably his best work. Way better than Tommy Paul. I kind of love that, though. Totally. I want to be the guy that has spray paint in his pocket. People are like, what's that for? You need to... Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't worry Spray about paint it. in my cargo pants. <laughs> what else I got in there? That's the best answer to most questions. Don't worry about it. Ask ask me a question. Any question. Khaki colored spray paint just in case I accidentally pee my pants. Oh, (laughs) that's a good idea. I just spray paint my pants. I'm good to go. If you're wearing khaki pants. Preparation. I never wear khaki pants. I I would recommend against it because it's it's 2019, not to date the podcast or anything, but it's definitely 2019, I don't think. But then again, what is that look of confusion on your face? No, keep going. I'm not currently wearing khaki pants, but I own a a lot of khaki colored things. Well, let's talk a about lot. that. Why Define do you own, a lot. Why do you own a lot of khaki colored things? Because they go well with stuff. I don't know. No one's looking to me to be a fashion icon, believe me. Okay. All right. Don't worry about it. All right. That's going to be our answer for everything. Don't, don't worry about it. Why do you have spray paint in your pants? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. All right. Our very first topic of discussion. Are you ready? Yes. Worship leader or lead worshiper? <laughs> you thought it was going to be serious, and I got you, bro. I got you. I got you. Um, is it? I mean, so first of all, it's not a big deal either way. But isn't there something about, like, is it just me when I go somewhere and they say, oh, I'm the lead worshiper, and you're just yeah. like, oh, you know yeah. what? I want to pee in your car. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like on a hot day, and you don't even know it's in there until you open the door hours later. Like it just feels so pretentious. Yeah, but maybe that's what it is. First of all, who you know who cares about titles? Nobody. Oh no, that's not true. Only the people that hold them. That's true. I'm I'm the champion of praise. Okay, Okay, listen. I was just about to say I interviewed for a job once, and the title was worship champion. Like I'm the like I'm Carmen of the worship world. Does anybody remember Carmen? Like That's San Diego? Yeah, the greatest tr- Christian talker of all no, time. No, not, Car- not Carmen San Diego. No. What are you, nine? What on earth is going is. on? No, Carmen. Carmen, the Did she Christian. As in it's the a champion. man. Carmen the is a man. <laughs> you're not giving me good context clues. There was well, a whole drama to, that went with the song. No, who he is, because if you ever were in youth group and you did like a human videos or mimes, you yeah. did them to Carmen's songs, and his most popular was the champion. We're champion. listening to it on the way home. The Carrie Underwood song? Bro, if you say one more word, I'm going to throw this bell right into your eyeball. Yeah. And then I'm going to take the spray paint out of Clay's <laughs> pants and I'm going to spray your face. And then you'll never be a fashion icon. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to rip all of your khaki pants up when we get home. I was born in 94, so I think I missed the, the Carmen that cutoff. Would have, that would have been the height of his success, I Indeed. think, in 94. Yeah. Satan. Yeah. He had such hits as Satan Bite the Dust. Oh, man. It's Our Turn Now, which Woo. is a collaboration with the greatest Christian rock band of all time. Petra, of you're course. welcome. Have you ever heard of Petra? Yeah. Okay, okay good. All right. Good. Yeah. You don't know. No, you only know because I have talked about them before. I was going to say DC Talk, but no. Oh, no. 
DC Talk was one of the first concerts I went to. What I'll, tour was it? Was it the Jesus Freak tour? I don't remember. It's probably the Supernatural tour, considering your age. Could have been. It, if I you were was, born in 94, uh, the Jesus right. Freak thing came out mid-90s. Yeah. Supernatural was later, so you were probably... Probably that one. Uh, but it was like a eight. stadium. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Stadium thing. They Them, and then one of my other ones, my first concert that I ever remember going to was Mark Schultz. Ooh. With... Um, Oh my goodness! Uh, Connor doesn't know who that is. Building four twenty nine. Yeah. yeah, which is funny because I just Preacher. did a festival with Building four twenty nine. I hope you didn't tell them that. Story. I didn't. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but they don't I need was to hear shocked. That. I was shocked. Okay, I was like, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. You're well, still I, alive. <laughs> I, They're from so, Greensboro, North Carolina, just up the road from where. There was a, a hair metal Christian band called White Cross that oh, I yeah. loved. I loved them and. Not a lot of people know this, but their lead guitar player now plays guitar for Mercy Me. His name is Barry, is... Barry Grawl. Oh, yeah. I went and saw White Cross live. I saw him play, and he's a 100% certified shred machine. <laughs> and then I did a gig with somebody opening up for Mercy Me, and they were there. And everybody walked up, and I was like, hey, guys, I'm so excited to meet you. And, like, three people said thanks. And then I just walked right to him like I didn't even see or hear them. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a huge White Cross fan. And he was like, see? Like, he looked around at everyone like, I, I was something before Mercy <laughs> Me. And he's right. He was. He's it's awesome. Great. And Mercy Me is great, I guess. Great. Uh, so, yeah. Worship leader or lead worshiper. Yeah. I think we're safe to say worship leader. So, uh, so right up front, let's get some common ground going. Let's figure out... Uh, kind of where we're at with the larger scope before we kind of drill down. So we've got things kind of segmented out today, some inward considering stuff, some outward considering stuff, some thoughts on music, some thoughts on leadership. So let's settle in and get comfortable. We've got a couple hours to go. Just kidding. <laughs> it is the last podcast of the season, so we'll go as long as we want, but we probably won't go that long. We're going to give you the old senior pastor trick and tell you. I'm just going to talk for a few minutes, and then I'm going to say in closing, and that's how you'll know I'm halfway through. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and then I'll invite Clay to come up and play the guitar towards the end of the podcast. So it'll be it'll be great. I want you to feel comfortable as a worship leader yes. with the structure of things. <laughs> I'm, a, so. I'm a champion, if please. Get mm. that. Yeah. Yes, get you that are right. okay. the worship champion of the Least Likely that's Church me. podcast. We're very grateful for you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about performance and worship. Let's talk about how performance and worship uh, differ, how they relate to each other. Um, where do we, let's kind of bring some definition to those terms. Like, what do we say when we mean perform? What do we say when we mean worship? Because worship has about a billion definitions. So let's just kind of land on what we're talking about. So as we use those terms throughout the day, it doesn't leave anyone confused about what we're talking about. So, Kanda, you go first. I hate going first because I always say crazy things and everyone looks at me weird. That's why you go first. That, that's right. Okay. So um, performance and worship, how they relate or differ. Um, I actually think that they're almost the same thing. I think that they're just different ways of saying the same thing. I think that good worship leaders are good performers because you can be really good at worshiping and terrible at leading people. And performers are really great at engaging people. And I think that as a worship leader, one of your main jobs is to engage people. I've never seen like a good worship leader that's like, oh, I'm terrible at doing that. I'm terrible at bringing people in or keeping them engaged or excited. So for me, I think they're, they're very similar. I think that in the church world, we use performance as something that is not about God. It's like, oh, it's the performance song because people aren't supposed to engage. And worship is like, oh, this thing that people are supposed to, you know, engage and be singing about God. I think that's what a lot of people say. But I think that they're the same thing. There's different ways of saying the same thing. So you, 
you know, you're not saying they're the same thing, but you're saying it's good to be good at both. Co- correct. I okay. mean, but can you, you can perform a worship song. Sure. I mean, a singing, playing an instrument, those can be considered performances. Yeah. But I think you hit it. Like most, what most people would consider to be performance is something not focused on, on the Lord. And worship would be something leading people to the Lord. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. John Allen? I was going to say something very similar to that. That, I mean, if you're in front of people and they're watching you do something, you're performing. Don't care what it is. You know, that's, that's the, so is that a sin then? Is no, that... that's the definition of the word. But when people say, <laughs> I don't want to perform, or that person was just performing, what they're talking about is their perception of their attitude and their intention. And so that that's term good. is often used to describe somebody who's trying to draw attention to, the, to themselves. Mm-hmm. And our, you know, our goal when we get on stage to lead worship and, or to worship lead, I don't know the right way to say that anymore, but if, or to champion the worship and mm, praise. That's better. But if you get on stage, you know, your goal should be to perform in such a way that you draw people's attention to God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, a, it's partly in the definition of the word and how you think about it. Yeah. Clay, you're in an awkward spot from time to time where you're out uh, on tour, um, where you may be opening for an artist that's singing their own, like, just, you know, non-worship songs, and then you go out and do some worship songs, but you still are on the same stage with the same audience. Mm. Uh, so where, how do you feel about the difference between performance versus worship leading? Like, where, where is your, your headspace with that? Uh, I definitely agree with the like the sentiment that it it can be a lot of semantics, um, and it's probably a little bit more about motive to me than it is about anything else. Um, but I realize like within myself, my motives are always mixed. I'm never like purely there to worship um, as much as I would like to be, in the sense of like worship being completely about God and performance being completely about um, the aesthetic of it or something. Um, so I realize that there's always both going hand in hand, and I don't think that's a problem. I think um, what you're saying about how it's impossible to lead people well if you're disengaged and you're just completely like just a vertical focused person. You have to be, otherwise you're not leading. I think at that point it's like that's awesome for your prayer closet. Um, but that's not helpful for the people in front yes, of you. Yes, let's just consider the mental picture of going to someone's house and just be like, hey, where can I hang this coat up? And they're like, over there. And you open it. Someone's in there just looking straight up and just like, oh. I don't understand the joke. This is what I do. Okay. All so, right. Moving on. After this, I'm going back to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like even right now, like there's a certain aspect of performance going on because we got mics rolling. We're talking about stuff and people are going to hear it later. But that yep. doesn't void the fact that this is a legitimate conversation mm. that has I wouldn't consider or- what Conda's doing performing. Right, yeah. I'd say that's maybe an aspirational phrase. but Well, as a fashion that. icon, I think he's always thinking about how he's coming yeah, across. he's always on. He's always thinking about where those next pair of khaki pants are coming from. Probably Target. Wow. Hey man, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty young in this whole thing, so, but it is, it is an interesting... Uh, I wouldn't say 14 is young. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, though, about the, about the mix. It's never 100% pure. Yeah. Even, even when I'm leading worship on stage and I'm doing everything I can to draw people's attention Humble to God... Brain. Yeah, I'm not. Say, I didn't say I was good, but but um, you know, I've always got that thought in the back of my head. Like, did I like the way I'm singing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, there's always some. There's always Oof. something there. But oh, I, I hit the note. They I had, love it. I had someone recently um, uh, tell me I would, you know, because I was in practice and I was doing some fun stuff with one of the songs and some run stuff or whatever. 
And um, they said, I noticed that when, you, when it actually gets time for the service, you never do that stuff. You do that stuff in practice, like for fun, but you never actually do it in the service. My answer is, well, I feel like for me, that stuff draws attention to me when I'm leading worship. So I just cut it out when I go to, I have fun in practice, and then I cut that out when I get on the stage because I, I don't want to draw any attention away. So. I do a similar thing, but it's mostly like splits. Like sure. I'll do, I'll do splits during the rehearsal. I'll stop the day you ripped your pants. <laughs> splits. Knee slides, things like yeah. that. Cartwheels. Yeah. And people but, are like, do you feel like that really brings honor to God? And I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You want to get your face spray painted? Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Get on my face. So. I, don't, I don't think pure motives is necessarily the goal. I feel like God is okay with our, as long as we're aware of that and we bring it to him. We're like, this all belongs to you. I have some yeah. mixed motives, but you can deal with that. And you know how to take whatever I am bringing and make it good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Somebody's backing up somewhere. Uh, it's the Brinks truck. I've got a, they're oh, dropping that's... off some bags of cash <laughs> sure. for me. Remember how I'm pretty sure. affluent? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. I told him just to bring it here. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right. Um, what is, you know what, let's skip that. Let's get here. Here's, a, here's another semantics question. What's the difference between praise and worship? Or are they the same thing? I love asking questions that nobody wants to I, answer. I use them interchangeably. Okay. I've never thought about it too much. All right. Clay? Oh, uh, you have this look on your face like you just don't want to answer this. No, no, this. no. I mean, may, maybe there is, like, if you were to dig into, like, the Hebrew and stuff. No, like, we're not talking about the Hebrew. Okay, great, because I don't most, know Hebrew. Like most people, what I've heard people say to me is praise are fast songs and worship are slow songs. <laughs> I disagree. And I completely I think, disagree. <laughs> I disagree. You know who said that to I me? Think, Someone dumb. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then I said, said don't worry that. about it. And I spray painted their face. <laughs> I could see why someone might use that definition because praise does kind of give you the feeling of kind of a bubbly thing happening and worship feels a little more smooth and flowy. Is there a I only fr- use the word praise ironically. I, I'm always like, all right, give him praise. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never use it as like a... But, but then again, I just wrote a song that says praise in it. So Phony. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Don't download that song. Mixed really. motives, guys. Yeah. Could that's you tell your brain truck that to second truck else? is backing up. Oh, no, man. That's second truck. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Is there a more pretentious word than worshipful? Um. When people describe that they want something to be more worshipful, mm. what are they saying? Yeah, I mean, I don't think people generally know what they're trying to say. And if you were to ask somebody to define that, if you just kept finishing whatever they said with define that, I don't think. Oh, I think that makes you a very that, popular person. Yeah. 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 Uh, absolutely. You wouldn't be asked back to the big party. Probably not. They'd be like, I feel like Condom. it means more haze. Define that. Hey, the praise is where the haze is. 20- and that's in the Bible. <laughs> define <laughs> what is it? Don't worry about it. Okay. No, I mean, I, I think that more so. More worshipful means more songs that I, I worship well too. Oh, like that, that's, that's, that wasn't very worshipful because I, I didn't get the tinglys. I didn't. I didn't Ooh. have my eyes closed moment with my hands raised. Conda like, tingle. Conda tingle. Like I, I didn't have that moment. So if we could just have a more worshipful set, or maybe some more worshipful songs, they're songs that fulfill me personally. You know who asks for that to be done for them in a service? People that don't worship in a closet at home. That's right. Or in their car, or, or, yeah, anywhere, like, or else. anywhere else. They're like, the hey, weekend. this is the only time I'm going to worship through music, which is not like there's a biblical command there might be that requires us to worship through music at some point during a, a calendar week. 
but it's people who are just like, hey, this this should be for me. This is my time now. Correct. Don't stifle my time with the music and the Lord. And if someone uses that term, they might be talking about songs that are slower, that maybe have more sort of airspace in them, more oh, instrumental God. stuff. You know that sort of people flow. just don't know what they don't Flow-ments. know BPM. They don't know right. And I'm like, no. brother, it's not. We're not leading worship. Ableton is. Take it up with Ableton. Take it up with the click track, my friend. Multitracks.com has the final say. <laughs> the Lord has blessed Multitracks.com, and that's where we're going to get our things. They from, even so. spell it A B E L correctly, you know, to separate it from Cain. Wow. Canelton. Uh, that was a bad joke. I don't like you that. bail that. He is, uh, oh. he is Ableton. <laughs> See what I did there? I redeemed I it. it. I, got I redeemed it. your joke. It's good. All right. So, so let's do some thoughts on music. Uh, should churches be writing their own music? John Allen. <laughs> um, You're the lead pastor of a church. It, if you have people on your worship staff who are good songwriters... Maybe. All right. Condo? <laughs> yes, if you have good songwriters. I mean, I, I understand why churches do it. I mean, a lot of times what I've heard is like, you know, we want to express something specific that God is doing in our church at this time. But and, really? But really what? Or is it more just like, I want people to know our church is here. Mm. We, we have a CD. Yeah. You can download it on the iTunes. I mean, I choose to believe the best and believe When it. did that start? When this question came up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Don't worry about it. Okay. So, um, but, I mean, I, I think that's why people do it. I mean, some people. There are obviously so, some people that do it just for money or for notoriety. Who? I was going to say, it's probably Where's not working out for Speaking them. of the Briggs <laughs> Where is the money? <laughs> those are still we're payments not, from the Mount Holly Nursing that. Home from <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky, for all those yeah, live I, modeling yeah, sessions. I think there are a lot that of churches, to Conda's point, that have started their worship ministry and they're releasing albums and writing music. And it really is because, frankly, they want to gain the same level of fame as other churches and ministries that are doing it. And they see a platform to that. I mean, it happens across church world in almost every capacity. But um, music seems like a a path to get to fame. And um, frankly, there's a lot of churches I've heard that write their own music. And I'm like, it's just not very good. No, that's true. (laughs) It's just not. There's better stuff out there. So do that. That's true. All right, Clay, where are you at with this? I agree. All right. So that's okay. We're not going to beat a dead horse. we got a thousand things to talk about. I like you. I would say, yeah, if... if so the issue with me isn't songwriters writing songs. It's churches writing songs. Mm. Because then it becomes a different thing. That's when it's harder to determine what the motivation is right. for me. Like, Clay, you're a songwriter. Is the first time you ever wrote a song when you came to a church and the church said, hey, we want to write a song about this move that's happening in the church? No. No. Because it's just a, it's a gift that some people have. Some right. people just express themselves, some, themselves through song, and they do it. And I think it's great when they're connected to a church and they're like, hey, I got a song. What do you think? I think it's the church like corralling people up and saying, now it's time for you to write a song right. about brokenness. Or something. What do you got? Yeah. So I, that's when it feels like this doesn't feel genuine to me at that point. So um, let's do a practical question. What are the keys to planning music that works well with the overall service? Clay, we're going to go in reverse. You can go first on this one. Uh, okay. Well, I will, I'll bat off by saying that I don't play a very heavy-handed role in the planning. Have you ever? 
not particularly. All right, we're skipping you, Conda. <laughs> but I, I'm boy, kidding. do I have great advice to give. Yeah, I'd like yeah, to hear it. Too, Can you state the question one more time? Yeah. Well, what are the keys to planning music that works with the overall service? I mean, you're part of a band that puts yeah, yeah, sets together. Yeah, but sets you know together. when it works and when sets it together. That's the same principle. Yeah, man. So then I would say um, being open-handed with the set, and then I think collaboration, like being, I don't think being the one-man show and planning a set list, but I think being open with the pastor, having being willing to receive input from the pastor, and then uh, I don't think it's, maybe it is possible, but I think knowing people in your church um, and knowing, like, the lives of the people around you is super important. Um, we just planned a set list. That's, it's kind of challenging when we do travel dates because I don't know anybody at the church. I just know principles that have worked at, at other things, and we're like, I hope this works for you guys too. Sure. Um, but it's different when I'm, like, at my church, and I know that that specific guitar player is going through this specific thing or that person on the front row who I talked with last week has this thing going on. Um, and I think that those kinds of things stack on each other, knowing what the pastor's trying to do, serving him or her. Um, and Ooh, way to be politically correct. <laughs> All right. Sorry about We're it. We're good with it. No, I'm not sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry. I'm not, okay. Don't be. Don't be sorry. Don't be. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So, yeah. Okay. Condo? First key, do something singable. No, oh. <laughs> do something singable. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's yeah. a good yeah. key to playing the music yeah. that works with the service. I think, I think it's, a, it's a concept that, like, you know, I, I think applies in uh, in our last podcast. If you haven't listened to that, you should go back and listen to it. I haven't listened to it yet. Well, you should go back and listen to it. Uh, we we uh, hung out with Justin Warner, who is one of the SPDs, the service programming directors here at North Point. And he talked about, um, we talked about collaboration. And I think one of the keys to creating a great service, you, you said this, the phrase open-handed. I think a lot of times um, what, what can create a service that feels disjointed or doesn't feel like what you were hoping for is when you are the sole proprietors of this entire part of the service and it has no connectivity and it's just this and then you think it's great and it's like it doesn't really fit it doesn't really flow so i would say one of the keys would be open-handedness but also connectivity with everything else happening inside of your weekend experience john allen uh yeah one of the things that i've learned uh over the years is that uh, where a song is in the service matters and how it connects to everything else going on. If you do a song at the beginning of the service, it doesn't really have to connect to the message necessarily because people aren't going to make that connection in the room. But the song that you do after the message matters greatly. And th this is something I actually learned from, from Andy Stanley. Um, he talks about the closer punctuating the message and kind of the classic faux pas and that is doing a message on money and then the band gets up and plays Jesus paid it all you know <laughs> where it's just like you've been in a service where the pastor does a message and then the band gets up and played and you're like why are we singing this this doesn't have anything to do with anything that they talked about today so it's a new idea in the service and so you think about the flow of things and I'm um, even in the front end sets for us when we're planning I'm, I'm trying to find stuff that will connect with the big idea for the weekend if possible because at least gets people in the right headspace. okay all right, I'm good with all that. Um, let's lighten it up a touch. Favorite old school worship song and favorite current worship song? Open the eyes of my heart. All right. Okay. I was hoping for a slightly longer silence just to illustrate the fact that people that are in ministry every day don't just listen to worship music. There's so much, there's so much to choose from. Open the eyes of my heart's good. It's I just Paul, like Paul. Paul, Paul Balash. 
Baloch, Baloch. I always say I think it's Baloch. Baloch. We'll call it Baloche. But I like him. Baloche. Baloche. That's a great song. song. He's got a great video, by the way, if anybody has a worship band. He's got a great video on the YouTube somewhere where he uh, has a bunch of great musicians in the room, and he has them all overplay. That's not Paul Baloch. (laughs) Pretty sure It's Don Moen. Well, Don Moen is basically the Paul Paul Baloch. (laughs) No, no, let me just tell you, like... Uh, like Don Moen is, yeah, Paul, Bo- compared to Don Moen, Paul Belosh is like a Brooklyn hipster. Okay. So, Fair Paul Belosh, uh, uh, Don Moen wears khaki pants. All right. Okay. Mm. Okay. There it is. Yeah. So, um, Conda, old school, new school? Well, my favorite old school one, this could be a little shocking, is actually In Christ Alone. That's not shocking. That song's amazing. Oh, it yeah, is. It actually is really good. I know. I just, That's like a you know. gangster song. Yeah. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, he even got a new uh, what? Are the, what do you call them? new bridges or new chorus or something? Who you know? How they take the hymns and they add a few words and they're oh, like, look yeah, at the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had somebody one time approach me about that song and say that they didn't like it for theological reasons, and I said, "Do go on." <laughs> and they said, "From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny." And they were saying. I don't like that because life begins at conception. <gasps> Bro, that's, I mean, like, if, uh, wow. They, they, they should so sing far past the first, first cry. Like, first man. cry suggests perhaps that late term. <laughs> that's so much. Abortion is okay. Oh, my goodness. That's so much. That's but exactly what like they were that. thinking that's when believable. they wrote that song. I know. I believe that. Wow. I would, man. I would spray paint that person's face until <laughs> the can was empty. Good intentions, um, I think. But old school worship song, "Awesome God" was the first worship. Rich Mullins. Yeah, first yeah, the first worship one. chorus I, we ever got in trouble for playing. The Lord wasn't kidding when He kicked him out. Yeah, because feet. we did our 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 student ministry. It was called Crossfire. Oh, um, met in the met in the so gym. Good. That's so good. <laughs> met <bro>. in the gym. <laughs> Crossfire. <laughs> met in the gym. But that was, I mean, that was on the bleeding edge in the 90s, okay? But I don't think met, it was. <laughs> I really don't think it was. Met in the gym, which Stay was a separate centrifuge. Right. <laughs> it was at the same time as, you know, Sunday night church. And so the students went and did our thing, and we put this band together, and we were terrible. I believe it. And we had overhead transparencies we were projecting on the wall. And the old ladies in the church complained because the volume, the bass particularly, was giving them cancer. Oh, oh man, we're not talking about discomfort. We're between, talking about cancer between now. Between buildings, I mean, they just they went straight not to for be it. insensitive, but what kind of cancer are we talking about? I don't think in the nineties we knew the difference. Okay, between them. All right. So between yeah. them. <laughs> All I know That's is right. that those rumbles are too deep. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be doing good things. The carcinogens. So oh, that's carcinogens. where sin lives in the low frequencies. Mm. <laughs> but wow. um, yeah. So this is old really school. taking a turn. Old school, new. I think it's hard to pick up like a new worship. There's there's a lot of great songs out there. I think the song that we're having the most fun doing right now is um, "Song of My Soul" by Phil Wickham, which is fantastic. And I don't think many churches are doing it, but no. it's great. I haven't heard it. It's great. Never heard it. Yeah. Conda, current fave. Uh. So will I. That's oh good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that one's good. Like it's got it's got a lot of stuff. It's got like some that's super singable, but it's also got that like you know that epic bridge. And he's like, oh. is it a hill song? Yeah, yeah, a hill song, right? yeah. 
So will I. That's a 50% guess anytime you bring up a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this isn't, uh, I wasn't really thinking about this when we were putting this through, but last year I played at a summer camp and we did a song and I always write the lyrics of the songs out uh, like on paper. It helps, it's a part of the process to memorize the words and then I use that and go back through. So I'll make a little chart and then I'll make write, write out the lyrics. So I was writing out the lyrics and I get to this one lyric and I write it down and it gets me. It just gets me. You know how some yeah. will, like, you'll just see it, or when you sing it, and you're just like, oh, my God, that's 100% me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I had one of those for a song that came out, and it was so special to me specifically that um, not just because of what I was going through then, but also my oldest daughter was struggling so much with fear and anxiety, and so... I brought her in, and we sang it together. It was really good. Mm. If you're a friend of the podcast, you know from time to time we have some music videos that go up to the website and onto the YouTube. And so if you care to, you can log in afterwards and take a look at Clay singing this song called Wide Open. Uh, but that one was it for me. Because mm. I'm 100, and I've been to a 1,000 summer camps, I don't ever ask to sing a song anymore. But yeah. that one I did. That one mm. I was like, dibs. I have dibs on this song. Because when a song gets you, like you, you know, it's yeah, the easiest sure. song to lead. Yeah. Because it's the one that you, you don't have any real, like, control over. Like, yeah. you can't, you're, you're not worried about how it sounds because it feels the most legitimate, like, your conversation you're really having yeah. with whomever. So. Yeah. I was at that summer camp, and I remember when they did that, when you guys did that song, and I just remember sitting there, and I was like, I don't think I've ever heard a song, like, so perfectly, like, actually speak to the thoughts that were in my head like worship songs are great and they're awesome and they they redirect your focus but this one was one that like it didn't redirect my focus upwards intentionally it really was like whoa i feel like a worship song actually is like reading me mm. more than i'm reading the lyrics and then it directed but i was like it was it hits you it's good thank you for that clay wow what was the line you wrote down uh that this is the first line of the chorus everything i'm afraid of yep. Yeah, Dang. that's the one that got me. That's awesome. Because I was like, on the other side of <laughs> I'm afraid of things. I am afraid. That's just sad there. <laughs> He's like out in the middle and like people are walking by and I was like, nobody said anything to me. And I was like, I'm not crying. Get away from me. Don't worry about it. I'm not crying. I'm not crying. I was. I really was. So that's, yeah, old school worship song. Oh man, I like saying those before I can walk. So I know the hymns. I'm trying to think of one like peak, like developmental stage for me. Uh, like celebrate Jesus. Remember that? Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. So, like that. That was. A, I grew up in a church that was like that, mm. and then. And then we moved on to a new level of songs that started low and then went double time so that people would start running. It was a charismatic Ooh. church. Oh. Really? Yeah. So it would just be like... We called them Doom Plats. We called it the Doom Plat medley. And we would just do like four songs, all Doom Plat. And people, bro, I'm not even kidding. You just, like, you could control the room with these songs. You just hit it, and then snare starts coming in. Here they go. Just whoop, and they were, they were off. They were running. So, yep, all good things. All good things. 
Hey, Clay, quick thoughts. We, we did a podcast, uh, feels like a year ago, uh, about music uh, and, and art, Christian art, that whole thing. And one of the questions that came up, I wanted to get your thoughts on, should worship be its own genre? Or is it a good thing for worship to either follow genre trends or set their own? Um, and then another sub-question after that, why aren't fringe genres represented in worship? So starting from the top, if you go to iTunes, mm-hmm. you can see like worship as a genre, right? which inevitably pegs it into a certain musical styling. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a good thing? Uh, you think it stifles the creativity of people that want to write worship songs, that don't want to write ones that sound like the 1975? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it may be a moral... Uh, I went, when I wrote Wide Open, I wasn't trying to hit a worship target. It was just like, this is a song, and maybe it will be sung, but I don't know. Hit the target of my heart, friend. So, hey. <laughs> well, it's really like cool to hear that, um, for real, because that, that song I came out of like a pretty hard place for me, um, but wasn't trying to... I think it's weird when you sit down, like we were talking about this earlier, but how like with when churches are trying to put out music versus just... Like, I think anytime you sit down and you're really just trying really, really hard, like, we need to write a smash worship song. Yeah. I mean, it's like, maybe you'll get something cool out of that, but, like, I would say 90% of the time it's divorced from a heart level um, and an intellectual level, too. It just goes to this, like, what are some things we can say that fit this thing? Hmm. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's a necessarily huge problem with it being a genre. Uh, I think probably part of that has to do with a a little bit of... um, Worship music was, was and probably is still predominantly white. Um, whether or not that's a good thing, I, I don't think it is. But um, I think maybe well, things that you was, would find under that genre are right. I think there's a, a, like a lot of great like gospel songs and yes, R&B exactly. songs and so things I like would that, say that, like, that could be considered worship easily. Oh, totally, and I think they are. I do think when I think of worship and there's usually like a, there's gospel music and there's worship music, and they might all fall under the umbrella of worship music but there's a distinction but I love that those lines are kind of getting blurred a little bit and um, I feel like there's a lot more gospel elements that are coming into worship music and vice versa which I think is really sweet it's time to step your game up yeah those chords aren't kidding no those the four to the one and all that it's not working anymore nope no Uh, but yeah I don't think as long as genre doesn't become exclusive and like and like keeps. Well, but it, it kind of is, though, because yeah. there's no, there's no, I don't know, this might sound silly, but understand the example. There's no reggae worship right. in that genre. Yeah. There's not even rap like worship or country and western, which is, a, it's probably not called country and western <laughs> anymore. <laughs> anyway, country, bro country, whatever it is. There's no, there's no worship under those, and those are incredibly popular. Yeah. Like, I'd be willing to think- bet the top 40 songs, probably 30. Eight of them are either bro country or rap. I feel like, um, and forgive my ignorance on some of that with the genre stuff, I do think, though, some people, maybe when they're writing worship music, um, and even myself, will approach it with, is this singable? Is this? Yeah. And I don't always, I don't think that's like a, a phenomenal lens all the time, because then you go to a hip-hop concert, and there's a thousand words in every song in the whole room is screaming at the top of their lungs because they love the song, so they learn the lyrics. Whereas I think with a lot of church music, worship music, sometimes I think we overthink the is this singable, 
people can't handle it, but like they can if they like the song. If they like the song and right. the song's good, they'll figure it out. But not to make them do any extra work that they don't need to be doing. You want to think about them and consider them, but I think if if a song is good, I think people will probably hop on with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about something people have no opportunity to hop on board with. Let's talk about freedom in worship or following the plan. Does Ableton run the service or does the Spirit run the service? So Condon and I went to a service together once, and I knew exactly what he was going to say when it was over. And they, they had a 20-minute flow section, a predetermined section of the service where they just didn't have a plan, and they just sang kind of randomly whatever was going on. Um, where are we at with that? I mean, I kind of know where I'm at with it, but I'm interested to hear, Clay, specifically how you feel about this, because I 100% already know how Conda feels about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless your opinion's changed. I'm just going to say one thing. Okay. I'm yeah, so completely good with those type of things. But if you're doing songs and don't have lyrics or any way to lead the people in the room, then you're just really doing it for yourself. So all of the songs that they sang... They were ones that probably could have been preloaded into their graphics computer and then just pulled up really quick and then jumped to. They just chose not to. Oh, yeah, because they did weave in some popular songs. Right. So you just left people that may not know them. I didn't know some of them. I just stood there and, like, you know, you can close your eyes and pray and do stuff like that. But, like, after a while, you're just kind of like, I feel like I'm missing out on this experience. They were also making up songs. Oh, they were. But, like, yes, I just feel like you leave people behind. So you, you can bring a group of people but you lose another group of people. And some, not all of those people are just like unchurched people. Some of those are church people that just have no idea what's going on. You're trying to get on board, but the minute that I'm like, oh, okay, I figured that one out, you've moved to the next thing, and I'm lost again. And I'm only going to jump on board the train three or four times before you keep going, and I'm just off the train. Just until throw the a condo from the train. Just do it. So that's... Okay. And, and rest. And rest. Don't worry about it. Clay, what do you think? I mean, I think I agree with a lot of what you just said i think it if you're if you've been if that's a direction that you feel like your church needs to be going then as a leader you you're patient and you teach that and you teach people what to expect and how to participate i think if you just pull it out of your back pocket from time to time and nobody's ready for it then that's not very good leadership and it kind of seems like a spiritual flex Mm. i was like yeah look how like dang flex um, spiritual flex but like for example, if you're going to go to like a Bethel church, you kind of know what to expect going yeah, in. That's so it's true. like because they've taught, that's how we're going to do it. If you come into a Sunday morning at North Point and I'm going off the rails with an inspiration moment, I don't think they've been taught how to handle that. So I'm not being a good leader in that moment. Mm. So, but I don't think the rigid. Is that a word? Rigidity. Rigidity. Yeah. Of just stick to it and stay on script. I don't think that's always helpful either. But, um, but I also don't feel the full weight of like I have to be the person who carries the whole weight of this worship thing. Like I believe that the Holy Spirit is gonna do do what He does. So, I think yeah, that that's the thing that not gets to be me lazy in leadership or anything. People you know, that talk lazy. about what we do stifling the Holy Spirit. John, go ahead. Bring your teed up for this. I would like to destroy that mindset if we Mm, can, because I am naturally a planner. I plan everything out ahead of time. It's the way I roll in life. I'm not spontaneous in any way, shape, or form. Humble brag. 
I don't think so. I but, I'm just trying to make yeah, Conda laugh, and he's trying working. not to laugh on the it's mic. It's working. But I'm a planner, and so I plan. Like I have sermons are planned for the whole year at the beginning of the year. You know, I have I have them all laid out, and then we plan. Uh, probably a quarter at a time as far as music sets and everything. Isn't and that what Vin Diesel says? Make the quarter plan. mile at a time. Fast and <laughs> yeah, Furious. Sure. I got you. That's not the only thing we have in common. Family. You do, you, you make the plan and then you work the plan. And I've, I've had been challenged on that before. Well, how does the spirit move in the sermon? Like the spirit moved when I was planning. The, the mentality oh, yeah. that agree. the spirit only works in the moment is very limiting to him and insulting to him, quite frankly. So uh, he works in the planning, he works in the preparing. But then also I think he, he leads us to plans and sometimes wants us to divert from them in the moment. And he, he puts the plan in place so that we're ready to divert in the moment and the better prepared we are, the more, the more flexible we can be in the moment. So I think it all works together, but I, I really think that, that this is a function of what you choose in your church, what your culture is going to be. And there are different choices, and they're, dip, they're valid for reaching different people. Because for some people, uh, you know, a, a non-Christian might walk into a church service and be totally weirded out by a spiritual flowy moment where somebody is singing something totally impromptu on stage. And another one might walk in, and that's exactly the kind of spiritual connection they need to see because they're looking for that kind of spiritual connection. Right. And so it, none of them are right or wrong. It's a matter of, of of choosing, and Clyde, I love what you said, that you need to be consistent in that so people know what to expect. And because if you do get up and do that big flowy moment in the service, and that's not something you typically do in the culture of your church, it's going to throw everybody in the room off. So, yeah. Or you could, yeah, I mean, maybe you could tee it up by saying, hey, for the next three, four minutes, nothing too crazy. Right. We want to practice something that we see, like people in history doing that has been helpful for their walk and following Jesus, and we're just going to free it up. No lyrics are going to be on the screen. You can sing yeah. if you have something to sing. If not, there's no pressure. You don't have to feel like you have to do any something. And this isn't like an elite club of extra, like we got the extra dose. Like this is just you have freedom to say what you need to say or to pray or to sit or to talk. Yeah. That's good. But I think that stuff's helpful. Yeah, and that's teaching. That's leading. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely, and- like what you said, like can be... Um, it's just a product of what you want. And like, I, some people might be like, oh, that's scary. That's weird. That's going to weird out a lost person. It's like, well, it might weird out you. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe. But maybe it won't. And right. I think people are interested in seeing the glory of God. And that's a nebulous, hard to define thing, anyways. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times that's defined by seeing the people of God loving each other and loving Him. And I mean, people saw Jesus yeah. doing miracles in the Bible and they were changed by it. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, that's like attaching to that mindset. Well, somebody that's never seen anyone get healed before would probably be freaked out by this. And Jesus would be like, that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> of course they're going to be yeah. freaked out. And But they know, and oh man, nobody is surprised when they show up in church and something churchy happens. Like That's true. Right, like, that's true. I'm at church and I can't believe it. They're praying? What? Unbelievable. This isn't what I signed up for. So if the Spirit <laughs> led the plan... Is he stifled by working the plan? No. Of course not. And if the Spirit is leading the, the fluidity in the moment, is he making a mistake? No. It's a, it's a matter of being responsive to him both on the front end and in the midst. All right. So, oh, yeah. You that want a bell for that? Yeah, and, that uh, was and, good. That whole second. That was the, the first midst. high five. Yeah, that was the midst. Good. First high five. Why are you saying midst? Why are you saying that? felt like a good word to end on. All right. Midst. That's good. Uh, John Allen, Clay, and myself have all spent time on stage leading worship. Conda has spent time, extensive time preparing, planning for, and leading services. Let's all quickly share our biggest mistake that we've ever made. 
be on stage, biggest mistake as a worship leader, something like that. Mm. Minus the... <laughs> I think you already shared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I will tell you once, I was leading for North Point camp eons ago, and uh, I started talking, which wasn't something that they're a big fan of here. Um, then, and in that moment, they're not, they're not really like oppressive or anything, but it was like a sixth grade camp and I entered into a time of worship, if you know what I mean. And so I said, uh, the guy that was the pastor then, I think his name was Phil. Uh, and I called him pastor Phil and I saw everybody there just get so weird. And apparently that wasn't the win. Mm. That wasn't the win. I also was dressed as a, a Viking without permission. Oh. Yeah. So Heath will tell Strong you that way story. To start. Double, okay. double dose. Yeah. There was a curtain in front of the stage. Yeah. And right before we went out on stage, it was a three-piece band. It was me, Heath Baltic on bass, mm-hmm. Ryan Snow on drums. Balto found a costume closet. And unbeknownst to everyone, we put costumes on without asking permission. And when the curtains opened, we led worship. I was in a bathrobe and a Viking helmet and a tie. <laughs> Balto was in a floor-length silk muumuu and a red full-face... Sorry, muumuu, huh? It's a, like a lady's night, nightgown. Love it. Nightdress. And a full-face red motorcycle helmet. And <laughs> Snow was wearing a sweater for a child, which looked like a bro or a man's ear, if you will, and a propeller hat. <laughs> and uh, and we, were, been there. we were singing Meant to Live by Switchfoot. <laughs> of course you were. Of course you were. And then One s- of my favorite praise songs. Yeah. And <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's worship for me. I'm just going to count that whole experience as a mistake. I connect with that one. So yeah, that's worship. So, that's yeah. good. John I Allen? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope played, I was present for it. I played an entire song in the wrong key once. That might be the worst. Holy is the chord. That might be the worst. I just didn't move my capo. I'm not a good guitar player. That's it. That's a confirming silence, I guess. Yes, nobody nobody you wanted are. to. That's not. <laughs> Don't oh, be no, crazy. Thanks, I no, you're great. You heard me play guitar. I've before. never. Sure I've never heard you. you. You might have, you know, listened to my EP that I recorded a few years ago. <laughs> oh, now that you mention it, of music that I wrote, and then I shortly after that re- discovered that I'm I'm not good at writing music, mm. and I shouldn't do it anymore. Under the oh. alias Starburn. <laughs> Starburn. <laughs> uh. Oh, Conda, have you ever made an incredible mistake calling a service or running lights for one? Oh, uh, gosh. So there's like a funny one and there's like a, a mean one. Uh, let's do the funny one. Okay, yeah. let's keep one? it light. Okay. The funny one was I was once, I was really into this, this phase in my life where I thought blazers were where it was at. And okay. Jackets? Sure. Yeah. I okay. was like, all oh, right, I want to do that. And uh, um, He's not talking about Chevy blazers. <laughs> no, those are terrible those for are the awesome. environment. Anyway. Yeah, they're not awesome. Just kidding. Yeah. So anyway, um, I had that, and the lighting console I was on had like a manual house light fader, and I went to push something up during worship, like to end all the house lights came on, and everyone was looking around, and I just slid away from the lighting console because I didn't know what had happened, but I was pretty sure someone had flipped the fluorescents on, so I like went to go find where they were. It was me the whole time. Your old blazer okay. called him the blazer sleeve. Yep, definitely a... Uh, didn't do that again. Mm. The blazers? <laughs> or the, not while I was running lights. Light. Oh, okay. Not while I, I noticed your lights. sleeves are rolled up today. Is you that know, so? I yeah. want to make sure I don't really push anything up. Mm-hmm. Clay? Man. I mean, I've forgotten lyrics more oh, yeah. times than you can imagine. One Any time, highlights? Yeah, there was one. 
Uh, there was one that I was supposed to do a, a rap Ooh, in a song. Of course. A worship rap. Ultimate praise. Ultimate praise. And uh, I got like three or four words in and forgot everything. And I still had like another full minute to rap. Ooh. So instead I just said, everybody dance. And I started dancing. Oh. <laughs> Nobody else started dancing. Of course not. They could smell your fear. Yeah, yeah. And then, you hadn't taught them to do that in that moment yet. No, you I hadn't. hadn't you hadn't led them. It wasn't a part of our culture. So it wasn't a part of the culture. No. Yeah. I did have one time, too. I just I had gotten food poisoning right before I went to go lead, and I was super sick. And But the church I was visiting, I was just like contracting at this church. And um, they they cared not that I was extremely sick they were like well get up there guy get him go get him here's some pepto so they gave me like the drinkable pepto earn that 150 dollars which i've never had before but it turns to um rock climbing chalk once it's in your mouth Mm -hmm. so i drank the stuff and got up on stage and tried to sing and nothing like i I was like hey <laughs> Anybody listening is going to hate that noise I just made. Yeah. It was pretty terrible. Yeah. Right. So to... I just looked at somebody in the front and I said, "You water, please." <laughs> <laughs> and they ran and got me one. All right. It's amazing. I definitely said bodies are still being slain like a week ago. What? A week ago, because it was supposed to be bodies like, are still being raised. Bodies are still being raised, and then like oh. something, a giants are still being slain. Yeah. I got that mixed up. I said bodies are still being slain, <laughs> and then I said I said like I mountains, mean... mountains are still getting rain or something. Like I, I was floundering, like I was panicking. <laughs> I was not maintaining. <laughs> I was not doing good. It was not good at all. And I'm just smiling the whole time. <laughs> You know, it's like when the lyric screen, like when they hit the wrong button and the whole thing disappears and you can see the computer backdrop. And then you're just like, bodies are still being slain. All right. By the champion of praise. Mm, I was slaying them. Meanwhile, meanwhile, a burgeoning Christian author is like, oh, that's good. They're Mm, writing it down in the back. Yes. (laughs) Slaying bodies. Catch that one. I definitely heard a very good friend of mine once say Heavenly Whorehouse is laden with snow by accident instead of storehouses. Wait, who was it? Danny Dukes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's a rough yeah. one. That's Heavenly a rough Whorehouse one. is laden with snow. Autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> oh, uh, Clay, this is just for you. Okay. Uh, what's the biggest struggle for you when you're preparing to go out and lead worship? Mm-hmm. And what have you found to help you kind of overcome it? Um... I think I've faced a temptation to, like, um, do the, like, like almost like the pre-workout prayer time of, like, being inconsistent and undisciplined. And then, like, just before I go lead worship, I go into, like, all-in mode of, like, oh, God, please, I haven't been, but please, please just do something. I'll start my everyday Bible I'll start, reading yeah, plan today. Every, like, right now, I just, I'm like, I need you. This is all for you. And I'll just go into, like, super spiritual mode of, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need this from you so that I don't fail instead of, like, hmm. I just love you and, like, I want to praise you and I want to, like, let this be, a, you know, an offering. Um, as far as, like, I don't know how great I am at overcoming that. I mean, besides just, like, trying every day to, like, reset, and it's a new day to choose him and to submit to him. And But I definitely, that, and then, I mean, another one would be uh, 
the planning thing for me can be challenging, especially when it comes to speaking. North Point has changed, by the way. Now they like do empower you to speak if you have something to say. This is um, a sixth grade retreat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. an important caveat, by the way. Yeah. If you have something yeah. to say. <laughs> if it's at a sixth grade retreat. Yeah. Yeah. But now, I mean, I think um, I, sw- I swing really hard on the pendulum. Sometimes I write like four journal pages worth of like what I'm trying to say, and then I refine it, and then it's like down to three or four points. And then sometimes I don't do anything at all. And it, um, for whatever reason, usually goes better when I don't write down anything at all. But Truth. I feel like I need to be writing stuff down. So that's always a challenge of, like, how do I serve this group of people? At a sixth grade camp, I don't really need to have... I, if I journal pages. Yeah, yeah, but I need to have maybe, like, one clear takeaway that a sixth grader could. And, or I don't need to say anything. I don't have to view myself as the savior of the moment by speaking, mm. which sometimes I, I feel like, yeah, anybody can sing songs, but I'm really good at talking. So Watch I'm gonna, this. So I'm going to work maybe really hard. Maybe some of you here tonight are struggling. Who's having problems? Who's having problems? But like <laughs> thinking like, man, I, yeah, I'm really good at the speaking thing. So I'm going to work really hard at it so that when I get off stage, I can get my Yelp review from my peers that give me five stars. And then I have other people tell me, you know, chasing that, that anointing affirmation instead Ooh. of just like, Ooh. which is a whole other thing. Mm. If yeah. you want to talk about anointing. Dang. That's good. Nah. We don't need to, but <laughs> I don't think we should. It's always been an awkward topic just, for me because let's I, just put the seal on it by saying most people are talking about talent, not that's anointing. True. And also, if we are living in Christ and we have the Holy Spirit, we're all anointed. Word. Yes. All right. Um, on that similar topic, secular songs. Obviously, they're satanic. Right. But can we do them in church anyway? Mm. Everybody's got a mindset or an opinion on this. Mm. So I've been to places where they're like, oh, anything to reach the unbelievers. And I've been to places that are like, those songs don't lift up the name of the Lord on high, so we can't do them. So which is it? John Allen, do you guys do secular songs? Uh, We haven't. We would, but we haven't. I was part of a church for a while where it was a rule. We did, we did, we did a secular song at the beginning of every single service. It was Do you remember what some of them were? Yeah, sure. Um, I remember what some of the wins were and what some of the not wins just were. Just not wins. We're only interested in like just fiery crashes. Uh, Walk by the Foo Fighters Ooh. was not a win when yeah, we did it. That's a hard song to Stared sing. back at. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm no Dave girl, that's for sure. Oh, did you sing that? But, yeah, I did. Oh, God, I'd give a dollar yeah. to see that video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was something... Um, that was that was not a win. Um, we found that when they actually tied well to what was going on, and generally country songs won and classic rock won. Yeah, it's songs that everybody knew and and they could sing along with. So like, we did a, a, a revelation series and we did um, we did it's the end of the world as we know it, and that Oof. was a big win. Did you have to sing that too? No, I didn't. Ugh, um, that one was that was a big win. But then we did the end by Lincoln Park, and that was a loss. You know what? No one's ever won on a Lincoln Park song. No about, one has ever. Yeah. Won. What about a stained song? So, oh, Ooh, the first you, time I ever did an opener, yeah. that was a secular song I did. Yeah. So far away. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I did a secular song here for Walking Wisely, fifteen years ago, and the last song we right before we played the last song, I actually proposed to my wife in the theater here in this building. And then we played a song called Home by Three Days Grace. 
and they bought us, uh, me and a guy named Clark Beasley, they bought us $100 guitars, and we smashed them at the end. They okay. bought them and gave them to us just to smash them at the end. Nice. That's so we, where my awesome. tithe goes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sister, Sister Susie's hard-earned tithe. tithe. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So right. I'm, I'm for against them. I, I just think that if it's, if it's intentional... Did you say I'm for against them? Yeah. <laughs> if I it's, love that. If it's intentional and it fits and you know that the, the audience is generally going to like it, whatever. But otherwise, right. if you're doing it just to do it, it's a waste of time. Conda? I mean, I think I agree. I think it's about if your motivation behind doing it, people can smell inauthenticity like a mile away. So What's it, just, it smell like? It smells like not being cool and getting up and doing a secular song every weekend. I was looking more for like a specific odor to tie it to. Teen spirit. Subway. Okay, I'm into that. So, um, but you know, I think that it, I don't think that, you know, we can limit what God can use to like connect to people. It's amazing some of the things that like people say, this was that thing that like I heard, like this connected instantly. And so I think that by cutting out a whole bunch of stuff, because there's, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I listen to more non-Christian music in my everyday than I do Center. Christian music. Sinner. I know, kick me out of the podcast. But, like, there are songs there that just, like, the words are so amazing. And it's like, that connects with me in a way that, like, what, yeah. whatever the radio station totally that plays agree. Christian music in <laughs> Carolina. Yeah. And, and if I can just toss this in, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, if you're going to do a secular song, do it, do well. it as good yeah. or different, but don't do it worse. Yes. Yeah, that was my first experience with a secular song in church. I walked into church and they did, I think it was meant to live by Switchwood, and uh, my wife said, uh, "What'd you think of What'd you think of the secular song?" We got back in the car. What did you think of the secular song? I said, "I think it was a crappy version of Switchwood." I didn't care that they were doing it in the service. And, and for that reason, there can't be a God. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, now we know how Clay feels about secular songs. Yeah, there we go. I used to be super against them, and then. And then I saw a few of them really win. And I heard like a baptism story about a guy who was like, yeah, I was super against church and they played this song that I really liked. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, they care about. And I was like, I can't believe I'm conceding. I thought, because I used to be like, church is for the edification of the saints and that is it and nothing else could ever infringe upon that. Did you go to Liberty? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Flamers. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the mascot? Yeah, the flames. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. that's also a, the name for a group of eagles, I believe. Flamers? A flame of eagles. A eagle. flame. It's a flame of eagles. Oh, okay. I love those. I love those little terms that they use to group things up because group is not enough. Like a like murder. A murder. A murder yeah. of crows. Right. That's obviously the coolest one. <laughs> right. That is pretty tight. And also, you've never seen a flame of eagles before. They're always well, riding they're, solo. They're, yeah, they're individual. Riding solo. Riding solo. Wow, I know that song. See how I just tied in a secular song? Yeah, yeah but I don't. <laughs> would know you say it, it was a win? I'm not very. Good. It I felt would. like a win. I, I felt like a win to me. I mean, it's not relevant to us, right. to John Allen and I, because we're elderly. But oh. uh, for the young listeners, of which I don't think we have any, uh, so who knows? Yeah, we'll 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 figure it out later. But you know, I have no beefs with secular songs because huh. I yeah. I write them. That's true. Yeah, and you write good ones. <laughs> Thank you. You write good ones. Um. All right, this is an important question. I have legitimate thoughts on this. Should a worship song have a shelf life? Why don't you go first then? New songs, old songs, Paul Baloche songs. What should a church consider when selecting music? I'll go first, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you said you feel strongly. Go ahead. I do, I do. I think that I have been a part of leading teams. And I've led them to 
throw songs out that shouldn't have been thrown out just because I was tired of them. I also, you know, have done it long enough to know that by the time we get tired of them, they're probably just getting used to them. Every time. But then also have been places where they do a new song every week, and it's impossible to to create. I mean, I guess that's a cultural thing, but what I saw was it was harder to get a crowd to engage. So if what you're doing is trying to create a great watch-this-worship experience, sure, just keep cycling just brand-new songs in every week, um, in my opinion. Uh, however, I think there are some songs, and I, and I hate that we've categorized hymns as, uh, you know, one here or there. I, I've always tried to stick with some of those, maybe newer or current versions or whatever, you know, but some part of them is it's a truth in a different kind of way, a different diction uh, than what we would write now. And it's honestly free of some of the crap you see in worship songs now that's so the same. It's Maybe it's because they spoke differently, or maybe it's because they were going through different things. I think that's part of what it was, but it doesn't all say the same thing. Because now you have songs that are either like the same four chords over and over, which is a solid indicator. It came from a like a, a prophetic time or a charismatic time. Sorry, that was me. I hit the mic. You know, where they just play a chord progression and they start singing stuff over and over again. Or it's a song about, like, it's really abstract. It's about the mountains and the rainbows, Hillsong songs, pretty much. Uh, so, I mean, wow. but, but then it was just a little bit different. And so I, I don't think they should have a shelf life. I don't think we should still be doing Celebrate Jesus Celebrate because I don't think that it's going to make a difference to anyone. But there's, so there's a song, uh, there's a couple of songs that I just try to keep in my pocket that always win. Um, and some of them are old, and I've always had pushback on those because they're like, that's an old song. And the pushback's always like, nobody's going to know it. And I'll be like, watch. Watch people know it. But So that's where I'm at with it. I think you have to keep some that work, that are good, that say something. Because I think it varies the voice a little bit. Because if not, you're just stuck with whatever people are saying right now. And then you see the genre styling of your specific worship experience shift with, you know, and it all feels the same. Mm -hmm. And I've done services even here at North Point where honestly, and I'm a fairly decent musician, I can't keep track of what song we're doing because it, it all sounds exactly the same. We did three songs once. I played bass in the West and it was, I, I can't remember what the songs were, but I don't think we ever stopped playing. It was like a giant prophetic time of worship where we knew the songs and they were all scripted and they all ended and started at the same time every time. But I don't think I ever played more than four notes. And I think I played them all in the same order for like 12 or 13 minutes. I was like, this is awful. Songs are so confession time. Like, so I, I do um, often lead worship for our church and I'm just a rhythm acoustic player. That's what I do. And, uh, that's what I do. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, lead acoustic player myself. As, 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 <laughs> right. I'm just saying, it's, it, I play as simply as you can play. But worship songs are all so similar now that I, even when we introduce a new song, if I'm fairly familiar with the song, I pick it up and I can play it without music the first time, because you know where it's going, you know what that chord is, you know where it's going next, and it's all very predictable. Um, and and some of the older music is a lot less predictable, and therefore to be a bit more interesting. Um, yeah. to do um, even time signatures and stuff that are different. But, you got that 6-8 going. Um, yeah. My, What's that? If, 
<laughs> you wouldn't know. Don't worry it's about it. It's just theory anyway. But my probably my, my perspective on this is, um, and the, this is what we talk about as we're selecting music, just do the best songs. I don't care if they're old. I don't care if they're new. We do the best songs. We the, the songs that people will sing and connect with and engage with. And if they're new, great. And if they're old, great. doesn't matter. Just do the best. There's so many songs out there. There's no excuse for doing a, a less than excellent song just because it's new, just because it's on the radio or whatever. Just and, and so we just assess that based on how people engage with the music. And there's certain songs that, man, they sing it so loud. And I'm sick and tired of the song. But they love it. And they connect with it. So keep doing it. What's one you're sick and tired of? <laughs> Sons and Daughters. Oh, that's an amazing. <laughs> We've done song, it. Though. I mean, it fits with the vision of our church, and they love it. So we do it, and now it's in the rotation. We do it like maybe once a quarter or something. But when we do it, they just blow it out. That's a gangster so, song. Um, yeah, that's it's a, a great one. song. I'm just I was done Brett with it a while Stanko, ago. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was done oh, with it a while ago. But, but <laughs> I can confirm you like you didn't know that was him. It's like, uh, oh, 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 yeah. I'm giving him a shout out. I'm in right. a, I'm in a, yeah, I'm in a, a band song. with him. Humble no doubt. No, that's whatever. Yeah. yeah, no, that's I know him yeah. pretty well. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we're friends. I mean, I saw him earlier today. He recognized. We're gonna have, we're gonna have. We're just gonna go like, you know. So, all right. Well, this has been, I think, great. I, we had so much stuff because this is obviously something we're all passionate about and we came into this episode with more questions and kind of directions to go in so if it's felt a little scattered that's why because it's something we couldn't didn't feel like we had time to cut so but I would like to go out on more of a personal note not a sad song Clay if you would get the acoustic if you guys would bow your heads and close I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, yeah uh, just maybe get some like some <laughs> there it is maybe just get some pads just, just low pads in the background, if you would, please. Uh, I got. I think I might have some worship music in As here. you close, play. yeah. In closing. <laughs> yeah, that's a worship song. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> the song that I tried to don't rip worry about it. Prince off. It's, it's a great song. Oh, yeah, it's, really yeah. Thank it's you. so good. I'm gonna turn it off before I have to pay Clay for it. <laughs> Man, I was hoping. I don't. I was really hoping to be able to afford dinner. So. Mm. I'll buy you dinner tonight. Don't buy me dinner. I'll buy you dinner I'm tonight. rich, dude. The Brinks okay. truck. Right. I only heard two of them pull up. So, yeah. So. All right. Um, so maybe just two questions for you, Clay. Maybe everybody. We'll just throw this first one around the horn. Uh, what do you listen to that might surprise people? Mm. Not besides, a lot of music. Besides Brad Stanfield. Not a lot of music. You don't uh, listen to a lot of music? No. What do you listen to then? Podcast or nothing. I will oh. drive for hours in my car by myself not listening to anything. Yeah. Me too. I'm and what are, you, like, what are you doing Just during thinking. that time? Just thinking. thinking? Yeah, thinking, chilling. Woof. I know. Oh, that's I think terrible. it's because my brain is always uh, going so like much anyways that when I'm by myself, that's like a decompressed thing. Is I can just let it run its course and then be no. done with it. Yeah. I have an endless amount of energy for listening to music. Like, I could never, ever, ever sit in a really? quiet car and just drive. No. Yeah, I have a bad habit of, like, uh, of not discovering new music, too. I need people to, like... I've just 
this is so lame. I just got into Discover Weekly, that Spotify playlist. I don't know. I don't, I don't do Spotify. And the only reason I know what it is is because I keep track with it because my stuff will pop up on other people's Discover Weekly from time to time. And they'll Humble brag. It. It's not a big deal, dude. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, it's not a big deal. I have deal. my own lake. No right. further questions. I know Brett Stanfield. I'm good. Obviously. I... He lives in the apartment. He lets other people live in the house. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's how humble I am. I it's let very generous. You're the king of humility. Yeah. I am. Yeah. So favorite podcast then? Uh, recently, I've been listening to the Veritas Forum. Mm-hmm. That you would fellow nerd. I'm a big big podcast fan. Yeah. Is that about telling the truth? Uh, no, but I appreciate your understanding of language there. Um, <laughs> I don't even listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly not listening to other it's, podcasts. It's a, it's a podcast where basically um, like theologians will come and give like a, a discourse for 30 to 45 minutes, and then they'll open up for a Q&A. And then, but it's really fascinating. So I've listened okay. to one with Tim Keller and Dallas Willard and a couple others, and they've been really interesting. I know Dallas Willard is. Mm-hmm. Conda, something you listen to that people might be surprised to hear? So, I mean, if you, like, are super friends with me, this isn't, like, unknown at all, but I think to the, the wide range of listeners around the world who don't know me personally. Florida Georgia Line? No. I'm a huge movie score fan and stuff yeah, like that. that's true. If, like, my iTunes library is, like, 50% movie and TV scores. So like, Favorite score? Gosh, there's so many. I, mm, this is going to be a, a beautiful mind. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not one sure. of the big Jaws or Terminator no. or Jurassic. Is that James Newton Howard? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. All right. Good. So. John Allen? I don't know if there's anything I listen to that would surprise anyone because it's mostly boring, you know. But uh, I, lately I have been listening to classical music in the car uh, pretty consistently. The kids are getting sick of it. But <laughs> I, listen, I either listen to classical music, um, Christian radio when the kids are in the car, and then uh, podcasts almost exclusively when I'm just by myself, particularly on a longer drive. And never church podcasts or anything like that. Or none of that. But Ooh. I do um, like Church of the City, New York, the one with John Tyson. Do you listen to that at all? Uh, no. He just said he doesn't listen yeah, to church Yeah, and I just podcasts. felt like following it up because I thought you might be a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, that's obvious. No, uh, I don't. My favorite podcast right now is Revisionist History with Malcolm Gladwell. It's yeah. unbelievable. And then next to that is probably Stuff You Should Know. It's just little excerpts of scientific stuff. Not this knowledge. podcast. I do listen to this podcast um, to critique your performance. Well, that must be why I've never received any notes. <laughs> I have them. I'm waiting till the end of the season. <laughs> well, that's today. You've been coming in with a performance mentality instead of a worship mentality, mm. and it shows. It does show. <laughs> It does show. Wow. I am on a hardcore 90s country kick right now in my car. So that's Alan Jackson. It's Travis Tritt, Marty Stewart. I'm obsessed with Marty Post Stewart. Malone. Definitely Post not Post Malone. Pre-Malone. <laughs> Pre- I'm more Pre-Malone pre- is Carl Malone. Malone. <laughs> Carl Malone says, <laughs> don't listen to Post Malone. Ain't nobody listen to Post Malone. Yeah, so that's kind of where I've been. Um, just listening to that. Right. Uh, Clay, last question for you. What is the most fun part of uh, the writing process? Mm. You're a prolific songwriter. So prolific. <laughs> it's hard to look through CCLI without seeing my name on it. <laughs> sure. Well, those Brink <laughs> trucks aren't besides, backing yeah, up for nothing. Besides the royalty checks, what else? So yeah. besides 
Besides the acclaim, can I just make fame. a? Let me just make a, a disclaimer here. I just recently got my first royalty statement, and it was for ten dollars. So, oh, the amount of installment one uh, of at least three—that's yeah. easily ten dollars more <laughs> so than I've ever gotten. Just to clarify, the Brinks truck could not even put gas in it <laughs> to get here. You would end up paying him. By the the time Brinks truck driver used that at the QT to buy taquitos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which are delicious. <laughs> They're so um, good. I think I think like three quarters of the way through of a right is one of my favorite. So parts. you're coming around the corner, you know. Yeah, like I think you know where it's going. I think there's always this wave of when you first get in there, for the first hour, you're kind of catching up with everybody and chit chatting, and then you start on an, on an idea, and then like at some point it dawns on you like I don't think this is going anywhere. And then once you get over that and you're like, oh, wait, the, you know, we connected that little dot that was missing and it seems to turn a corner. That's like the most exciting part for me. Also, because I think I carry a little bit every time I go into a write that my best song is behind me. And that probably is. And it might be. No, I'm teasing. Um, but there is like that fear of like, and I'm still young in this. So but it, I definitely feel like I come into it with a little bit of a, uh oh, like. I wonder if I'm never going to write a good song again or if my creativity's done. So then when we do cross that little bit, that's usually with a co-write is my favorite part. With, with just writing by myself, I, I like the whole thing. Cause I, and I don't, have to, I don't feel any obligation to finish an idea that I get an hour into and I don't like it. Some people are like, you have to finish every idea. I'm like, if it's not good, if I don't like it, then I don't see any point in Yeah, don't worry about it. Wasting You're it. not the boss of me. Yeah. Just be spray me in their face. I'll get a voice memo of it, and I'll pick it up later if I end up liking it later. But. Just to encourage you, even if your best song is behind you on the way up here, we listened to exclusively one-hit wonders in That's the van true. on our way here. And it was From fantastic. The 90s. We really enjoyed it. From the 90s. It. Yeah, Chumbawamba so. feels the same way. Chumbawamba. Heck yeah. Yes. Well. I appreciate you guys having me on. That's going to be our, our time pleasure. for today. And a special guest to our special, special thanks to our special guest. <laughs> special guest to our special thanks, Clay, uh, for being here. Uh, we really appreciate it. And as I mentioned before, if you guys will check out the YouTube and the Instagram, and if you'll check out the website, you'll see some exclusive live performances of Clay singing all the hits. Um, it's really good. It, 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 he did Thank a great you job. Check it out, please. Yeah. Mm, please. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Send those I checks. I only have ten dollars. <laughs> send those checks. All right. Send those checks. Uh, other than that, um, we you can subscribe to the least like the church podcast on our website at least like the church designed by Robo, who is here with us yet again. Three episodes in a row. Um, more on that in just a minute. Music. Created for the least likely was composed and performed by Xander. Uh, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, least likely church podcast, to see if there will be a second season, because that's probably going to be the only way you'll find out. And also, since this is our last episode of the season and potentially ever, let me say a word, a word of thanks to the best co-hosts anyone could ever ask for. I'm going to turn the music off for this. It's going to be emotional. Oh, boy. Thanks. <laughs> and we're back. Never has so much been said. Yep. By so little. That's true. John Allen, you had me at hello. Hmm. Conda, whatever you go on to do with your life, hope you're wildly successful and miserable without us. Hmm. 
Also, Robo, without whom our little podcast would not be possible. You have worked harder on this than any of us. We are actually very, very, very grateful for you. Um, do you want to come say anything? Come on, come say something. She's afraid because she thinks I'm going to turn the mic off as soon as she gets over here. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, it's off. It's Sorry, on. I turned the mic off when you walked over here. <laughs> it's on now here. It's been fun. No, come on. I'm serious. Come on. It'll be fun. It's serious. I'm serious. She doesn't have any headphones on. I turned it off again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is getting so out of hand that my mic boom just fell off the table. All right. No hands off. Here, look. Hands off completely. I promise. I'll hold it over there. Come on, sis. Come back. Come back. Come back. I turned the music off and everything. Um, all right. Well, it, I really like this podcast. It's been a great time. There you go. Yes. Well done. Well said. She's probably going to be the most disappointed that there won't be a second season. But yes, I, will. she's really in, intent on that. But uh, we appreciate you. I'm just holding my microphone now. This is performance versus worship for sure. Uh, I feel like. Someone that holds a mic stand, which isn't usually me. Uh, any parting words, uh, John Allen? No, it's just, just been really fun, and I hope it's been helpful. Oh, that was very adult. That was a very adult answer. I appreciate that. That's yeah, what I do. Yep. Condo? No, it's been a great season. I've enjoyed getting to hang out and uh, disagreeing and agreeing and uh, learning stuff from you guys and uh, taking questions from some of the listeners at home. It's just been, yeah, it's been a lot great. of fun. So I, I sincerely hope there is a second season. And also, dab. Dab. <laughs> All right. You knew we weren't going to get through this episode without we some sort of a journey, journey alert. alert. <laughs> no, We've we been on journey. a journey together for the last... Oh. When did this thing start? In April. It started, so it's been a few yeah. months. Yeah. We've been on a journey together. Solid. Yeah. And although I'm sure there are better companions, I, I wouldn't want any of them. Thank you. So, and and obviously better special guests, but we're we're stoked that. Uh, hey man, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> that, that you were here. Thanks, Ray. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we love you guys. Who is Ray? It was a, if you feel also like me that I've been personally insulted, you uh-huh. can make it right by finding me on Venmo at. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's amazing. There's no better way for us to have ended the first season than for me to be randomly holding the boom mic, for us to throw out a Venmo reference. And I definitely just unplugged my headphones with my feet, so I don't know what's going on. That's okay. I believe it's going to be good. Uh, Thank you, guys. We love you. We'll see you, maybe. Who knows?